the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. And I'm just so grateful and so humbled to be with you today. Every day and every week when I um, am thinking about the radio show and just think about this from where you are sitting right now or standing or whatever you're doing right now as you're listening to this show, whether it's a podcast or live. Think about this. If you were able, if you had the opportunity to just one time, let's say, be on the radio and talk to a whole bunch of listeners that a lot of them you don't even know, but they all have a story just like you have a story. And if you were going to impart some wisdom into other people's lives, if you thought about it for a minute, what would be the most important thing that you could say? What would be the most significant impact you could have on those that you have the chance to speak to that normally you might not have the chance to speak to? You know, that is a huge, huge, in my opinion, responsibility. And that's exactly what I get to do every single week. So I have to tell you that I don't rely on me because if I did, that would definitely fall short because we all fall short of the glory of God. So what I need to do is put my trust, hope, and ask the Lord to guide my words, to guide my thoughts, to guide my steps each and every day. And with this radio show, since I've been given this opportunity to be talking to you right now, I find that I'm always asking him, you know, what Lord, what is the message that you want people to hear? And there is no coincidence of you being or listening to the show right now. There's no coincidence. God has a message for you. It's not Sue Free's message. It's God's message. And he's just, I'm being used because I've asked to be used. And so could you. And that's the beauty, is that the Lord created each and every one of us for a specific purpose. And it's up to each and every one of us to decide what we're going to do with that. We have choices every second of our lives, everything from stepping on the brake pedal and making sure that brake's going to cause your car to stop. I think you have an expectation that that's going to happen. Every single step of the way, you have a belief system, and sometimes your belief system can be wrong. And sometimes your belief system can cause you to react, respond, or choose something different than what God would want for you. And if that's the case, then you have a choice. You can say, you know, that really didn't work out too well. I know some of you are giggling right now going, yeah, I've been there, done that. I think we all have. So if you have the opportunity to evaluate, identify a problem, then there is a possible and for sure a solution. And when we ask, we shall receive because the Lord says that, that we need to ask him. He's not going to just 
throw it in our faces or stick it in our brains. We have to ask for him to give us the discernment to know what to do in every situation. And sometimes I know for me, I think, oh, I got this one. And that ends up usually not working out as well as if I would say, you know what, Lord, I need, I need your guidance right now. And, you know, some people say, oh, you have a God. You, you need to be a Christian because you're weak in that you need to have this higher power because you can't handle things on your own. That's such malarkey. That is, I don't know where that word came from, but my mom used to say it. But it's so not true because we do. We were created by a higher power, and he is the real deal. I just, uh, this last week, was invited to go to a pastor's appreciation that Ecola actually was honored to sponsor. And during that time, uh, it was a pastor's appreciation, which, you know, we need to be praying for our pastors. And if you're not doing it, now's a good time to choose to do that because they need our prayer because they're holding up so many people. And our topic today is talking about putting others before themselves. And do you think there's anyone out there that does more of that than a pastor? I think not. You know, I think the pastors that, that, you know, it's like everybody wants a piece. Everybody needs attention. Everybody needs prayer from the pastor because obviously the pastor has a direct line right to the Lord, which is not true. We all have that direct line. It's just a matter of, you know, what we're choosing to do with our lives and what we're choosing to do with our mouths and, and all those things matter. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Sue Free Show. I'm so grateful that you're here. I would love for you to go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, dot com. I want you to go there. Some of you are watching Facebook Live on that. Uh, I want you to go to the website, though, because I want you to go to the website because there's a lot of information there. There are videos there that talk about the five love languages. I'm riding a unicycle and I'm talking about my father and, you know, his was giving gifts. But we each have our own love language, and if you don't understand that, just go and listen to that, and then you'll have a better understanding. And I reference the book that it came from. It's it's not my my you know realization. It's something where you know books and knowledge are empowering. If you have the right information, it helps you with your belief system, and it helps you make better decisions along with prayer. But go to the website and check out the videos. Uh, I have a TV show. It's LA 36, Sue Freeze, LA 36. And you can go there and watch television shows. I've been doing it for two years and I signed another contract for another year. And the hard part there is just coming up with information or content to have it be worthy of having a television show on secular TV talking about the Lord and scriptures. It's an amazing task, but it is a big task. Go there and also look up the I am's. The I am's are who the Lord says you are. And, you know, we can listen to the people in our lives. Some have our best interests at heart and some don't. It's just a sad truth. So you want to empower yourself and, and you want to have that transforming of your mind by renewing your mind with proper thinking. And how you do that is by reading his word, by uh, having his word impact you. Do you know that, you know, my Bible, I've had it for a long time, and it's tattered and torn, and and that's a good thing. That means I'm in it, and that's a good thing. Um, We can never be in the Bible enough, I don't think. But I can read a scripture that I have underlined, highlighted, whatever, and because I'm in a different place in my life, the scriptures can take on a whole new meaning. Some of you know what I'm talking about right now is because our life, our being, I think is like an onion, and you peel back layers as you're getting healing especially. I found that there's layers of healing that happens. You don't get healed and 
um, come to a new understanding overnight. It's a journey. This this life we have is a journey, and it's really amazing. And each one of us is so special. We're special in his eyes. And we need to be less special in our own eyes, I think. And that's the topic of today, putting others before yourself. And so I'm going to get into the message. And I just want to say thank you for joining uh, us today. And, and I'm just so thrilled to be with you. So Look out not only for your own interests, but also look out for the interest of others. And that's the same thing, isn't it, as putting others before yourself. And that is the true definition, in my opinion, um, of actions of love, what love is. In your relationships, you know, you have your significant other, you have your spouse. Are you putting your spouse or your significant other before yourself? Do you put your children before yourself? As a boss, do you put your employees before you? These are all questions that, you know, you you can answer for yourself. We live in a world that actively encourages us to be self-centered. We're regularly bombarded with commercials and slogans telling us, you deserve a me day. Treat yourself. You deserve it. Do what feels right by you. While there's nothing wrong with practicing a little self-care, this mindset can quickly lead us into a life of selfishness. Jesus did not call his followers to live for themselves. Rather, he commanded them to pursue lives of humility and service. The Bible is filled with verses which can help believers combat a self-seeking lifestyle. They encourage us to take a heavenly approach toward the world and see ourselves through heaven's eyes. We may be flawed creatures, but with Christ's help, we can become new creations. First, though, we must put aside all selfish ambition and vain conceit. So first James four one two, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Envy can destroy a happy heart. How many friendships have been ruined because someone wanted what another had, or worse, thought they deserved it more. Stop looking at your neighbor with jealous eyes. Rather, look at your own life and try counting the blessings God has given you. I'm going to stop right there because there was something that came into my mind that I want to share. And another one of my podcasts talks about um, how depression can set in just based on comparing comparing what your life used to be versus what your life is now, comparing yourself to your sister or your friend, uh, your neighbor, when we compare, it causes us to be dissatisfied with our own lives. And really what this is saying is that we need to be focused on what God wants out of us and for us and focus on what we are created to do. And when we do that, we're not going to be comparing. We're going to be appreciating what we have, but we're also going to celebrate what others have. And it's a much better place to come from that place than feeling bad because you don't have or you deserve it more. Second Hebrews thirteen fifteen sixteen through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. God is not impressed by fast cars and fancy clothing. What he desires is a faithful heart. When we share with others and treat our neighbors with kindness, we reflect the light of Christ into their lives. 
The kingdom of God is not built on silver or gold, but with the selfless actions of his disciples. Whether it grows any bigger is up to us. When I was at this pastor's appreciation, I actually had a table and I was um, trying to get more people to know more about E. coli, termite, and pest control services, alternative treatments for termite pest and insulation and rodent exclusion. And during this time, a lot of people came up to the table and said, are you Sue Freeze? And I said, yes, I am. And they said, we listen to your show. And I said, that's great. I said, is there anything that you would suggest for me to do differently or better? And they say, no. And I said, well, what is it that really draws you to the show? And what they said and I really appreciate this because I think it's important for all of us to work towards this because some of us might have a mask on and might want to hide from what's really going on and feel like nobody would really care anyway. You know, those stupid thoughts that come into our minds that keeps us in isolation or feeling like we're less than. And what they said was, Sue, you're so real on the air. And I am real because I don't know any other way to be. And, you know, this last week, I'm, I'm not real happy with me as Sue Freeze, real. And I'm going to share that a little bit because I think it goes right along with what this is saying. And, um, you know, I, I think that the way I handle things and life is good. I mean, I've, I've been successful and I've got a lot done and uh, all of that. So I think, you know, my way is really a good way and maybe the best way, but that's wrong thinking. Um, you know, I'm a maximizer and I'm, I'm looking at efficiencies and trying to, you know, get there quick. And what was brought to my attention is, is that not everybody is like you, Sue. And it takes all kinds of people to make this world go round. And we have to have an open space and a welcome mat for other people because they don't do it your way. It doesn't make them less than you. Um, they're equal with you. They just have a different way. So that's really a good place for me because of, here's another thing, is I had surgery. And uh, I had surgery about a month and a week ago, and it was leg and taking the hardware out, for those of you that know my history of eight years ago, horse accident and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so um, I had the hardware taken out, but while the doctor or surgeon was in there, he actually cleaned up the inside of my knee that had issues that I didn't even know existed, and neither did he. Surprise, surprise, an hour later. Um, I'm finding that the original plan of going in there has been successful and easy, the hardware. And, you know, the scar is healing up and everything's going, and I just have to be careful because I have 10 holes where the screws were through my bone, and they have to fill in, which God is a miracle worker, and it's going to happen, and it's already happening, I'm sure. But the knee is another story. And because I wasn't prepared for that, it's taking a lot longer for the healing process, and I have a hard time staying off my feet and staying down. I want to get up and I want to do and I want to go at the speed I'm used to going and I can't. So it's very difficult for me to walk around and having everybody pass me. I'm the same way on the freeway. I admit it. I'm being real. I like to look like Tetris and find the open spot and get in there and and drive. Okay, you know what I mean, those of you that drive like I do. (sighs) Anyway, so I'm the same way when I'm walking because I walk at a very fast pace and I'm proud of it. But right now, every step takes so much effort, and it's painful. And I'm worried that is my knee ever going to bend and ever going to do and whatnot. 
And in all of that, I'm finding that I am having to be a lot slower. And with that comes patience that I really don't enjoy too much. So the Lord has me here for a reason, and I'm learning lessons just like I did the first time around, but I guess I'm needing to learn a little more about this whole situation. And asking for help is not easy for me either, and right now I can't carry anything, and I I need help. And so some people are, they see me, and they immediately jump to, how can I help? And there's others just this buzz right by me or see that I'm having struggles but don't seem to care, which is another reason why this is so interesting about look out not only for your own interests but also for the interests of others. How many times have you, let's just be real, okay, can we be real, you and I? And uh, how many times have you seen an opportunity to uh, help somebody and you choose not to? That you see somebody that's struggling and you're going, ah, I'm too busy. I, I got to go. I got to go. I, I'm on a time schedule. I can't, I can't take the time to help right now. How many times have you done that? And when I think right now about how much it means to me when somebody notices me and values me enough to stop and open the door or can I get that for you? It seems like such a simple thing, doesn't it? But it does take time out of your what you're doing, your selfish Uh, appointments and schedule. So I'm going to be much more aware. Again, I'm being uh, re-reminded of the fact that there's needs all around you. There are people that need a helping hand. There are people that need you to think about them and not just you. I know you think you're going through trials and tribulations, which you are, but I can guarantee you there's a lot of people that are going through a whole lot more than you are. So just know that and be looking for and praying for the Lord to reveal to you how you can help and reach out and be there for somebody else. And you know what? This is the biggest and best thing you can do if you're in a depression right now. It's the biggest thing. You you can make a decision right now, a choice. It's You can stay in your depression. And depression is real. I'm not minimizing depression. Depression is real. All I'm saying here is an avenue. It's a place where you can say, I've got control over this decision right now. And sometimes our depression comes from comparison. But another depression comes from feeling out of control, feeling like you don't have control over your situation. So if you can take a little piece of control and get it back and say, I am making a decision right now because I have the power to do that, and I'm going to make a decision that I am going to look for opportunities to help other people. It's the simplest of choice, but I'll tell you what, it can help you, and definitely it's helping them. When I look at the people that I recognize as being where everybody loves them and people are going, um, they just want to do whatever they can for this person. It's because that person has reached out and, and either touched them by word or by action. And I want to be one of those. How about you? I want to be one of those people. I want to be somebody that is looking for opportunities to help and be there for other people. Because there are people that right now that are there for me. And I think it's wonderful. So Romans fifteen one two. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. Jesus taught his disciples that the greatest commandment was to love God. The second was to love our neighbor. The gospel message isn't spread through politics or popular trends. It's shared one person at a time. How can we hope? 
to be an effective witness if we're too wrapped up in ourselves. Now is the time to get out of your own way. Step outside and meet your neighbor. That's really good for me right now because I have neighbors that I don't even know their names. I don't know what they do for a living. I don't know how many kids they have. You know, all those interesting topics. And it's so amazing. Every time you ask people questions about themselves, there's somehow where you're connected somehow. And it's just so amazing. And to build that network of just friends and people in the professional world along with your personal world, it's just so much fun. So this is a little article by uh, John Bloom, Lay Aside the Weight of Selfish Preference. Love does not insist on its own way, 1 Corinthians 13.5. What a beautiful concept to contemplate. Like many expressions of biblical love, this one is heartwarming and inspiring to read about or observe, at least from a distance. Unfortunately, in the moment, we're called upon to exercise this kind of love. It often doesn't appear or feel very lovely. It appears confusing and feels frustrating. It feels like self-denial. I'm going to stop right there and just say, because there was a little nudge inside my spirit, stating that some of us, mothers, mostly mothers, I think, well, fathers too, if they're working three jobs just to try to bring in the bacon, but mothers taking care of the kids and trying to take care of all the things that you take care of, you do need to take time for yourself. And, and the simplest example of that is when you're in an airplane and they say that, you, you know, if, if the oxygen goes out, the masks fall down, and you have a child next to you, what do they say? They say you need to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Why is that? Because if you don't take in the oxygen, you're going to faint, and that little kid's going to be left to fend for himself. So if we take that into a bigger scale... You need to take care of yourself, whether you're a mother or father, just you need to take care of yourself. It doesn't mean go crazy and go to the gym every single day. It doesn't mean, you know, you have to go to the spa once a week. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about that you do need to take a break and you need to have rest because God says we rest on the seventh day, right? That's once a week. We rest. Understand that, that you need to take time for yourself. That's not selfish. That's self-preservation i think is that we need to take that and i don't always do that right now i'm 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 pushing myself too far and it's causing me to not heal as quickly as i could so that's a choice i'm making and i'm i'm paying for it so me and mine wanting our own way is woven into the fabric of our fallen nature since the fall it has been our default orientation we can see this even from our earliest days whenever our way is crossed we insist in the cradle And then as toddlers, we insist on the playground. And then as overconfident teens, we insist in the church and the workplace. We insist as parents of toddlers. And then as stubborn parents or overconfident teens, we insist as parents of adult children. And then as retirees and then as nursing home residents, we are disturbingly and persistently selfish. Ouch. Take a check of your life and how you are. Your response You know, I mean, where would you put yourself? Do a self-analysis. Evaluate your life. Evaluate how you are, even in this last week, maybe even just today. Evaluate yourself. Were you self-serving or were you a servant? Ask yourself that. It's easy to do and you can do it on your own. You don't need to have someone else assess this for you. This is something that you can do and you don't need to even share it with anybody. This is between you and God because God knows. He sees He knows everything, right? So he already knows. But what he's going to be pleased is when you bring it to him and say, you know what? I need help in this department, and I need need you to guide my words, my steps, and my thoughts, and my words. 
So we will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this brief break. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at Ecola. I understand why Ecola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma, my mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants. I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose. I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother and Ecola cares for our customers like my mom cared for me. Now we are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. 877-332-BUGS. Ecola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. Ever put your ear to the wall in your home listening for termites? No, it's not that easy to find them. Hi, this is Sue Freeze of E. coli Termite and Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And Tyson Freeze, manager at E. coli. Termites are silent, stealth insects. They eat your home quietly, and during the cold weather, they have all the more reason to take up residence in the walls of your warm home. But we know how to find them and eliminate them with our mother-approved people and pet-friendly solutions like Electrogun and our patented E. coli heat, as well as traditional methods, perfect solutions created just for you. E. coli is the best in alternative and traditional termite control. So call us for a free estimate at 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. coli. Powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. 877-332-BUGS. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, E. coli Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. And if, listen, business owners out there, if you'd like to sponsor this show, we would love to talk to you. And let me just tell you that it's a great opportunity to get your feet wet, um, to figure out if this is the right medium for you. Um, you don't have to spend a lot of money, but it can benefit you tremendously. So just know that, all right? So before we went on break, we, we talked about uh, doing a self-eval on your selfishness uh, scale. I want to know, you want to know um, how you're doing. I want to know how I'm doing. And it's a self-assessment that we can just take an evaluation of ourselves and say, could we do better? And I would say that we could always do better. How about you? Our selfishness is a master of disguise, wearing a thousand masks to cover its motives. Our selfishness is a wordsmith. Bending, shaping, and sometimes twisting rationales for why our preferences are reasonable and right and even righteous and, of course, best. Our selfishness is an attorney trained from childhood to build defense and prosecution, bent on persuading judge and jury on behalf of its sole client, you. Insisting on our own way is at the heart of most of our conflict and at the bottom of almost all of the ways humans abuse others. This lack of love is the source of much human heartache and suffering. So why do we find it so difficult to stop insisting on our own way? Yeah, could you tell me that? I'd like to know myself because I tend to do that. I'm just being real with you right now and I tend to think that my way is best. 
Now, some of my ways are tried and true, but that doesn't mean that there's not something even better than my way. And, you know, what is the goal? In all aspects of life, in all aspects of our day-to-day life, what is our main goal? Is to value one another. That's been brought to my attention is how am I showing value by responding in this way? And that's so good because how am I showing value? And how are you showing value in the way you respond to the people? And you know you love these people. So why are you responding in a way that makes them feel less than? It's not good. Hard to be humble. You know, we need to put this in here, too. First, it's a miracle for an inherently proud person, one whose natural selfishness is pathological in nature and infects all areas of life. To become truly humble, of course, there is common grace humility in the world that anyone can exhibit. But to be able to live out 1 Corinthians 13.5, we must be born again. 13.3.7, for love does not insist on its own way. It's an eight Word summary of Philippians 2, 3, and 8. You ready? Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Paul is speaking of a distinctly Christian expression of love in both 1 Corinthians and Philippians. This kind is not insisting on our own way, comes only from having the same mind Christ had when he gave himself to be crucified for us. Fallen humans can love one another and perform acts of altruism, although rare enough to be remarkable when it does happen. But the way of living one's entire life, which Paul commends, requires a humility that only results from trusting the Father like Jesus trusted the Father. Who can you trust? That's a big question, isn't it? I find even in the workplace that I trust people until they give me reason to doubt them. When they give me reason to not trust them, the trust is broken. How about you? Do you trust people or do you come with uh, a sensitive discernment and you don't trust? They have to gain that trust. You know, I think there's a good in both of those. But who can you trust? In your inner circle, can you name them right now? Who do you trust? There's levels of trust. In the workplace, you can even trust that you know that if you tell this one person this, you know that the whole company is going to know about it. That's a form of trust too, isn't it? You can rely on that this person is going to tell everybody in the company, even though you told them it was something you didn't want to tell anybody. That's not the kind we're talking about right now. We want the kind where when we share ourselves and our innermost being, that that person's going to hold that dear to them and, and not expose that to other people because it's near and dear. And you want to make sure that that person's going to understand the importance of what's being said right now. You also would want to have people that you trust that would speak into your lives, not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear, because not always are they the same, are they? Okay, that's uh, not 
part of the typed up uh, message today. So now I'm going to go into that. So who can you trust? Second, it's hard to not insist on our own way because it's very hard to trust others. None of us knows the full extent of our selfishness, but we know it well enough to be on our guard against others. Selfish people naturally manipulate others to get what they prefer rather than wanting what is best for others. When a lot of selfish people live together, it is not safe. This is not a world where it is safe or wise to figure out ways to not insist on our own way. Unless there is a power big enough, strong enough, loving enough, and righteous enough who can and will ensure that ultimately, as the Christmas song goes, wrong will fail and right prevail. Jesus became human to bring the good news of great joy to all mankind, news that the Father is able and willing through Christ to right all wrongs, to right all wrongs. Jesus came not only to proclaim the news, but to be the means of that news being good for us. He came to demonstrate through the cross that all who trust in the Father, as he trusted the Father, will discover that faith fueled love. Love that does not insist on its own way will overcome the world. Do you feel convicted yet? (laughs) Because that's the message, is if we have uh, a, a need to improve, to assess, evaluate, and make a choice, a change, then I suggest we do it. Why? Because God is asking us to. He's asking us to put others before ourselves. So I am challenging you. Are you going to work at this and assess on a day-to-day basis? Am I thinking about me right now, or am I looking for opportunities to serve? You know, I ask the Lord to, you know, Lord, please make me a light in the darkness. That's serving, isn't it? I want people to smile when I walk in the room, not when I walk out of the room. You get what I'm saying? But we must insist, right? But didn't Jesus lovingly insist on his own way when he called people to repent and rebuked religious leaders? And didn't Paul insist on his own way when he corrected Peter, Galatians two eleven fourteen, and urged people to imitate him and not others, 1 Corinthians four sixteen? No, they did not. Jesus knew he had been given all authority in heaven and on earth, Matthew twenty eight eighteen. But he knew he received it from the Father and that Jesus' exaltation would result in the greatest glory for the Father. Philippians 2.11, Jesus only wills to do what the Father wills. That's a good check, right? What would Jesus do? What would the Father do? That's a good check for you, okay, in every situation. What would Jesus do? That's cliche, but it's not. It's really true, and it's real. And it's, it's good now, as it was good 10 years ago and 50 years and 100 years ago. And when he experienced the turmoil of the difference between his will and the Father's, the turmoil of the difference, he gladly submitted to the Father's will, Matthew twenty six thirty nine, which if he did that, then don't you think it would be a good idea for us to do that too? When Paul rebuked Peter, he was not insisting on his own way, but on God's gracious way. And when he urged people to imitate him, it was only to imitate his ways in Christ. 1 Corinthians 4.17, be imitators of me, I am of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1. You're tuning in to the Sue Free Show, and I'm just so thankful for San Diegans and Venturians and Orange Countyans and LAans, if that's a word, uh, and all the way up to Santa Maria and above. And now with the Internet, 
all over the world. I have people that are listening in Paris. I have people that are listening in Italy and Germany. Oh, in London. It's so exciting. So uh, thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show. And I still want you to go to Sue Free, spell like fries, one word, dot com. Go there. Please go there and connect with me, would you? Tell me what you think of the show. Tell me how I can improve the show. Tell me if there's a topic you want to have talked about. If there's something that I need to do differently, I want to hear from you. I so do. I'm welcoming you. Please don't hold back. Don't say that, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. It does matter. I want to hear from you, okay? There are times as Christians when we must insist, but at the bottom of our insistence must not be our own way, our own mere preferences, but God's way. Okay, that's a checkpoint for me. How about you? From now on, when I have opposition, from now on, when I have people that are not, uh, they're not really on board with me, I'm going to ask, is what I'm asking what God would want me to ask? Is it something I'm needing because God is, is wanting me to, to need that or want that? Or do I need to switch gears here? Should I be looking outward, not inward? That's a really good thing right there. That is so good. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that, because that's really big. For me, that's big. I don't know about you, but for me, that was really big, and that's um, I'm making a decision right here, right now. See, that's what we do. We make a choice, and there's an aha moment if we're looking for it. We live in expectation, and we're laser beam focused for that. The aha moment will come. It's a little golden nugget that can change your life forever. It doesn't have to be huge. It can be little, but that little switch that little tweak in our thinking, in our belief system, in maybe the way we talk or the way we feel, the think, it can change everything in our environment. Everything, it's a ripple effect. You've noticed the ripple effect when you make decisions that are bad for you, right? The consequences just are really big. You, you can see them and they're a ripple effect. It doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody that you're, you love and care for and even beyond that. But the same thing applies when you make a choice that's going to be more godly same thing applies and that's a ripple effect too in a positive way and don't we want to focus on that i know i do so lay aside the weight personal preferences are not wrong unless for something inherently sinful but insisting on personal preferences is very often wrong because it's very often selfish so in this conversation i had earlier i am now convinced that i was being selfish that's pretty real on, on radio, right? But I was being selfish in this situation. And I'm publicly announcing that Sufri's was being selfish, okay? I don't need to do that. But I'm doing it. Why? Because I think we all need to realize that it's okay to accept responsibility when we're doing less than what God wants us to do. I think that's important for us to understand that it's important that we announce to the person that we've affected or offended that, you know what, maybe we were wrong. Maybe, maybe we need to just go back and say, you know what, I blew that. I was really not in the right there, and I was being selfish. And even though I think I'm all that, or I think that I'm right, your way's not wrong. It's just different, and it's okay. It's okay to be different. <sighs> That's really good. So insisting on our own selfish way burdens us, and others with conflict and discouragement and causes others to stumble over temptation blocks of irritation, anger, resentment, and even bitterness. This is a weight of sin we must lay aside. 
Hebrews 12.1. When the opportunities arise, we must not expect them to feel heartwarming or inspiring, but rather like dying to ourselves. See, just part of me just died. And that's a good thing. In the moment, we likely feel tempted to irritation and anger and self-pity on the front end. I did. I'm just telling you right now. I, I did. I totally felt that. We will not feel like not insisting on our own way, but the reward for us and our loved ones is real. How many want to live a real life, have real relationships, to be in the present and just experience all there is without the things that were listed here of irritation, anger, self-pity, and uh, what was the other one? Bitterness. That's a big one. Resentment. You know, who, who wants to live in the awe, the peace, the joy? And who chooses to live in discouragement, irritation, anger, resentment, and bitterness? Do you know you have a choice? That's really... Whether you like it or not, it's the truth. But you have to make the choice, and you have to make some changes. You have to do something different. If you're on this negative world, you need to do something different. And part of it is maybe just making a choice to be less selfish and more serving. Maybe that's a simple choice you need to change on a moment-by-moment, day-to-day basis. Maybe that's it. And that right there. There's somebody listening right now that that you're going to take that you're taking it right now. It's going inside of you. You're it's changing in your mind and your belief system. And you are going to be a changed person from this day forward. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Congratulations. That that is just so amazing. But that's how simple it can be. And it's pretty amazing. I just I'm so excited for you right now. Congratulations. When the opportunities arise, we must not expect them to feel heartwarming and inspiring. So the reward for us and our loved ones is real. Perhaps the most meaningful gift we'll give to someone this year will be looking to his or her interests instead of our own. Could that change a marriage? I'm just asking. Just that alone could that change a marriage. I want to suggest that everybody listening right now go see the movie Overcomer. It's an amazing movie. And there's one scene in there that is just really powerful, and I've never seen it done before. I've never seen it talked about. And it's where the dad and the mom were totally at separate ends of the spectrum on what their thought was as far as what was happening and how they handled it. And the father had his fears, and the mother, of course, had her fears of the husband losing their job, and just all these things were going on. And she spoke her mind. She was very strong spoke her mind. She she wasn't mean, but she just spoke her mind strongly. And the husband had his own thoughts and feelings about the situation, and both of them thought they were right. But it wasn't until the wife decided to come and just meet this conflict head on, and he was outside in his man cave, outside, and she comes out to his cave. Might have been a basketball court. I don't know, but he was outside She came and she found a little crate to sit on and she just moved in. How hard is it when you're mad at somebody to move closer? How hard is it to just move in? I mean, to where you were like touching and then you have a conversation when you're so mad at each other. I mean, it was so impactful. It was the most impactful moment for me. And I think it's for many because she chose 
meet that head on and express to him her desires in her heart in a way to where he melted because she did it in such a loving, kind way and expressed the feelings in a way to where she was third person right in front of him. It was just an amazing way to handle something. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm in a, I'm taking notes because I've never seen that done before, not in my dysfunctional family. Um, I just... I just thought, wow, does that really happen? Because that was amazing. So go see Overcomer. It's a really good, well-done, professional movie. And it has such a great storyline. It's it's really good on so many levels. So I, I highly recommend that. So um, I want to read out of Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence by Sarah Young. And I do this, and I've been doing this for 10 years. I, I was given this book a long time ago. It's pretty tattered and torn and highlighted and whatnot. And I put the dates of when I read things because of sometimes they overlap, and it's very interesting when I read it again to see the difference in where I am now versus where I was the first time I read this on the air. And as the same type of thing I was talking about, about Scripture, how Scripture will talk to you differently based on where you are, because we're not the same. Wouldn't it be boring if we were the same now as we were five years ago or even two years ago? We are different. We are evolving. We're changing all the time. Change is inevitable. But we have a choice on how the change is going to happen. We have a choice on our decisions of how that's going to affect the ripple effect of everybody that we love and that loves us. So isn't it important that we really pay attention? We need to pay attention to you know, our belief system and what we're thinking. And if we need to do a change of heart, if we need to be less selfish... Okay, just left selfish. Stop thinking about ourselves so much and put the others before us. It's really a good message, don't you think? So here it is. Live first and foremost in my presence. Gradually, you will become more aware of me than of people and places around you. That's so true. This awareness will not detract from your relationships with others. Instead, it will increase your ability to give love and encouragement to them. My peace will permeate your words and demeanor. You will be active in the world, yet one step removed from it. You will not be easily shaken because my enveloping presence buffers the blow of problems. This is the path I have set before you. As you follow it wholeheartedly, you experience abundant life and peace. Do you want abundant life and peace? I don't know anybody that really does not desire abundant life and peace. And that doesn't mean abundant money necessarily. It could. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. It means abundant life. I have people right now that have just been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. I have somebody else that is someone I cared for that, that, that recently died. I have people that um, used to be able to do a whole lot more than they can do now. And, you know, I mean, the list goes on. I also have people that are experiencing uh, their first baby, my daughter, and me. I'm going to be a grandma. I'm so excited. There's just so many things going on in the world, and sometimes they happen simultaneous. You can have the best thing and the worst thing happening all at the same time. It's pretty amazing how life works, isn't it? So other scriptures that can help you and, and you can lean on right now is, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. They exult 
in your righteousness. That's Psalm 89, 15, 16. Psalm 16, 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. If any of you are feeling shaken right now because things are coming at you and you're not sure how to handle them, this is a good scripture. Second Peter 1, 2, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Get in the word, get in the word, get it in you. Let the word just get in you to where, you know, you'll be thinking and listen to Christian music. Listen to Christian music because there's a lot of scripture in the music. And so you can lean on that. So we're getting close to the show. And I just want to say that um, I, I hope you thought about my uh, what I asked you at the very beginning. What would be the message that you would want to share with those that you know and love and people that you don't know? What significant message would you give to those people? If you would like to be on my show, The Sue Freeze Show, I would love for you to come on the show. So this is an invite. And I want you to uh, connect with me by going to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Go there. Tell me that you have a story. Tell me your story. Give me your information. And let's talk. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way. And their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.